Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well. And welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Today, I am so excited to have Cameron Huddleston back on the show again. Cameron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> I appreciate you taking some time out to join me again. Some of you may recognize this name and that voice. Uh, Cameron was on episode 131, where she helped me walk through how to have a money talk with my parents, which is something that scared me to, I think, to a unreasonable amount. <laughs> but, but Cameron made the situation much more approachable. And I think that's why I enjoyed that episode so much. And I, I feel like I learned more on that episode than I even expected to. So thank you for coming in and helping me out. <laughs> I am so glad I could help. <laughs> and you know, I'm happy to see that I wasn't the only one who enjoyed that, uh, that conversation so much because I got a call from Michelle, aka Savvy History, with the follow-up question to episode 131. Hello, Chris. Big fan here. Really enjoyed your recent episode with Cameron Huddleston from Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. I really enjoyed her PDF. And in fact, I went to my mom's retirement party the other day and was able to hand her that downloadable PDF from Cameron's website. So thank you so much for that episode. I was left with one question, and that is, if I ask to be power of attorney, what are some tasks that I may find myself doing? I'm not sure if I actually want the responsibility or if I would be happier if I um, handed that off to one of my brothers. So thank you very much for all that you do. Now, thanks, Michelle, for calling in and leaving that great question. And I think at first, that was really cool that she was able to use the resource from your, your site, Cameron. And I think this is a great question because I also want to know more about the power of attorney and what that means and what comes along with that. And also, if I could just give this to my brother as well, because maybe I'd rather him, <laughs> him do it. So <laughs> what, what's all this about? You know, power of attorney, if you wouldn't mind explaining first what that is. Sure, because I'm sure a lot of people have never even heard of it. Mm. Power of attorney is a legal document. You can meet with an attorney to have one drawn up. There are also versions that are available online from websites such as nolo.com, legalzoom.com. You can get kind of a fill in the blank type of version from those websites. Whereas if you meet with an attorney, it's going to be tailored to you specifically. But what a power of attorney does is it names someone or more than one person to make financial decisions for you if you no longer can. And there are two main types of power of attorney. One is a general durable power of attorney, and there's a limited power of attorney. Now, the problem with a limited power of attorney is that there are limits placed on the person who is your power of attorney. They might only be able to make certain types of financial decisions for you, or they're going to have to jump through some hoops to prove that you can no longer make decisions on your own. The general durable power of attorney is better. It's a lot easier. It gives your power of attorney more powers, which is why it's so important that you pick the right person to mm -hmm. do this job. Now, your listener, Michelle, wants to know, should she step up and volunteer to be her mother's power of attorney? It can be a very big job. Just because your mother names you power of attorney doesn't mean you might ever, ever have to step into the role. If she remains mentally competent for the rest of her life, has no sort of healthcare issues where she's temporarily unable to make decisions, if she never develops dementia, Alzheimer's, anything like that, things are going to go along fine and you will never probably have to use your power of attorney. In a case like mine, where my mother has Alzheimer's and I am her power of attorney, I am now at the point where I manage all of her finances for her. And if she had not named me her power of attorney before her memory had gotten to the point where it was too bad and she was no longer competent, 
an attorney would not have let her sign that document. And I would have had to go through a court process to get conservatorship and have legal access to her financial accounts. So if something were to happen to your parent and they had not named you power of attorney, you can't simply go to their bank, for example, and say, hey, you know, my mom is in the hospital. She's had a stroke. She can't, you know, she's not in a position where she can, you know, even access her bank account right now and pay your bills. I need to do this for her. The bank is going to say, well, no way, unless you are her power of attorney. So this document, in order to actually step in and start managing your parents' finances, getting access to their accounts, making financial decisions for them, you have to have the actual document. So if Michelle's mom names her power of attorney, if that document is tucked away somewhere where Michelle can never find it, it's not going to do her any good because the financial institutions aren't going to simply take your word for it. So the first thing is she's going to need a copy of it, not like a photocopy, but an actual copy. And typically if you get one of these drawn up by an attorney, the attorney is going to give you several copies. And so you, if you're the power of attorney, you need a copy, like the original version. And then once you do have to step in and start helping a parent out, you're going to have to take that document with you to the bank or fax them a copy of it, whatever they require to let them know that you are indeed your parents' power of attorney. You oftentimes financial institutions will have their own documents that you have to fill out also. So you send in your copy, you fill out their documents. Depending on the financial institution, there are fewer hoops or less hoops or more hoops. And with my mom, I have to make all financial decisions for her. I have to go to her bank account and set up automatic bill pay for those bills that can be paid automatically. I have to write checks for her assisted living facility every month. I am also listed on her bank account as her representative payee. And so both of our names show up on those checks. I have also had to go through the Social Security Administration and become her representative payee. And then I have to file a report with the Social Security Administration every year telling them how I have managed my mom's money. It hmm. is it's basically, if, if you get to the point where a parent can no longer make financial decisions for themselves, it's just like taking care of your own finances. Uh, you're doing everything you would do with your own finances, but you're doing it for someone else, which is a scary prospect. I mean, even though I am a personal finance journalist, I I do feel a little bit uncomfortable in the role because I don't want to make a mistake with my mom's money. Yeah. I don't I don't think I have. <laughs> Hopefully I have not, but it, it is a very it is a very big role. And if it's not a role that you feel comfortable in, I wouldn't step up and volunteer to do it. If you have a sibling who is better with money, maybe better organized, whatever. Let your sibling do it because it's a huge responsibility. Hmm. Thank you. That was that was a really great answer. I feel like I've again I've learned a lot. Thank you, and <laughs> uh, Michelle. I hope this answered your question. I, I think it I think it did a great job of answering the question. And my brother listens to my show, so I just want to let him know that he has now been officially named Power of Attorney. So thank you for taking on that responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got to get mom and dad now to actually you know draw up the document and name your brother. But here's something I will point out too that it doesn't have to be just one person. My mother named both me and my sister. Mm. Now, I'm the one who's doing all the heavy lifting in part because I live in the same city as my mom and because I have a financial background, whereas my sister does not. So I am more comfortable in the role. But oftentimes it's a good idea to have two people because if something happens to one and they're not able to do it, there's someone else. And it also creates really a system of checks and balances because 
sometimes, unfortunately, power of attorney is abused and people mm. will use it to their advantage and, and and take advantage of their parents, which is horrible. And and I don't suspect that your listener, Michelle, has any intentions of doing that, but there are people out there who will do it. And so it's important for any parents who might be listening, they might want to name more than one person to do this. No, that's a great point. So I guess we have to share it. I guess my brother and I can both do it. No, but <laughs> but that's a, <laughs> that is a really great point. I didn't even know that was an option. And if all of you are listening and wondering like, why does Cameron know so much about all this information? Well, for one, she's an award-winning journalist and you're the author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances, uh, which is an amazing book with a ton of information in there. So if people want to pick up this book and learn more about this topic, about how to have these conversations with their parents, where can they go to actually get a copy of the book and maybe even reach out to you if they have some questions? You can find it on Amazon, order it through Barnes & Noble, your independent bookstore. But if you want to get more information about me and just some more information about the book, you can go to CameronHuddleston.com. And that form that Michelle was referencing, that is available on my website. It's a downloadable fill-in-the-blank financial inventory that you can give to your parents so that they can provide information to you about their finances. And sometimes it makes it easier than rather than having them tell you, they can just write it down for you. Uh, no, that's perfect. So I'll put that in the show notes again for this episode and also a link back to episode 130 one if they want to get a bigger broader conversation about having this conversation and hear how you help me overcome my fears and by the way i haven't had the conversation yet i'm waiting for the right time oh, I- come on <laughs> it, it didn't feel like a good time yet but it's on my list i have i actually have That's people okay. who, are, who listen and were like hey did you talk to your parents yet i was like no i didn't talk to them yet so <laughs> I, I i feel equipped and I, um, I'm definitely encouraged by hearing how well it went for Michelle. So I, that is definitely on my list of things to do very soon. So thank you again, Cameron. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.